I want to pray before we begin digging into the word of God. Let us bow our heads. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this amazing time that we have embarked upon, O oh Lord. To be in your presence is where we want to be, O oh Lord. And we just thank you for the saints who have come out to the house of prayer today to give your name glory. I thank you that every ear is receptive to your voice today, O oh Lord God. O oh Lord God, and as for myself, O oh Lord God, may I speak your words with simplicity and with clarity. That even the baby of this house would get understanding. We give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 For those who do not know me, I know a lot of people like, who is this guy coming up here on this podium? Well, my name is Joko Gaston. And a lot of people have been getting my name wrong for years. And I... I really don't mind that. It, it, it doesn't bother me. But my name is Joko Gaston. I know a lot of you have been calling me Jocko. Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. But uh, uh, we've been here about a year and a half now, me and my lovely wife, Renee, and uh, my, my two children, Isaiah and, and Layla. We've been here about a year and a half, and God had uprooted us, interrupted our plan. Uh, I was actually an assistant pastor in Camden for about 13, 14 years. And, and all of a sudden, the Lord just spoke to me clearly and told me that he wanted me to move locations and that he was going to direct me into, into the place where he wanted me to go. And we were led here. Why were we led here? <laughs> I believe that God has a plan for this church. I believe that this church is going to be a mirror image of what the kingdom of heaven is like. We're going to be the forerunning church in this area, in this region. And and we'll be a carbon copy of the love of God spread it out through this area. I believe that. But the word of God says that people or the world will know who we are by the way that we love one another. I have some good news and I have some sad news. Uh, The good news is that we are a life church as a whole, not just here, but I'm talking about the body of Christ. We are a loving people, but we have been misunderstood for a long time. For a long time, we've been, uh, been, uh, identified by our zeal and our love for Christ that people will say that we're not a loving people and that's not true so we've been uh, mistakenly uh, told that we drive people out of the church and we drive people away from here but it's not our desire to drive people out of the church it's our desire that they come in and be a loving family just like all of us are But we've been misunderstood, Uh, not only misunderstood, but some people have come in and they just don't want to receive the word of God that they would walk out. So not all people that's leaving the church is our fault. Some of it is their own fault because they don't just want to sit up under the teaching because they love what they do because of our. But in spite of those that leave because of ourselves or because of their own selves. We have to be a people 
that love those that are redeemed are deemed unlovable. We have to be that. If you would, at this time, will you pull out your Bibles? And I know some of y'all are saying, what is the Bible? <laughs> well, if you would pull out your iPhones or your iPad or, or whatever device that you have, we're living in the modern day technology that it rules. But I, I don't trust this thing at all sometimes because I was preaching one time and the battery went low and I stood like, uh-oh. <laughs> so I got old faithful right here. Yeah, I got old faithful right here. So rather you have faithful or you rather have your apps. Let us go to the book of Galatians. Let us go to the book of Galatians, and I think that this church will probably pop it up if you don't have your apps. But in the book of Galatians, the sixth chapter, meet me at verse 1. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Verse 2 says, bear ye one another burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Loving what is deemed the unlovable. Paul here is speaking to the church of Galatians, the people of Galatians, uh, but he just didn't begin to speak to the Galatians right here. Actually, Paul was kind of upset at the Galatians uh, way before he began to start at this scripture. Actually, if you would, uh, go back one chapter to chapter 5, verse 1. And in chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ had made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Right? Okay. Here it is that the Galatians in chapter 5, uh, they, had, they, they were a people known to love God. And what, what happened was is that um, they, were, they, were, they were told by teachers that had came into the church that, that um, they should obey the law. That they are not saved by grace, but they should obey the law. The law at the time was to be circumcised. And to obey the Masonic uh, laws, you know, in the uh, book, uh, the first five chapters, I mean, the first five books in the Old Testament, the Masonic laws, and and, uh, you have to be circumcised. And that wasn't true because these people, the Galatians, were saved by grace. It was Christ alone who had came in, died on the cross that they may be free, and it was Christ alone who had freed them. But the teachers had crept in and says, look, no, you have to do some type of work. It's, it's your works. You have, to, you have to prove yourself that you are saved. Same type of teaching can go on today that, that you can be uh, fooled into thinking that by your works that you're saved and not grace. And that's not true. Because in the book of Ephesians, it says, for by grace we are saved through faith and not that of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works that any man should boast. Here we have a lot of people that boast about their works. They boast about their goodness. 
But goodness alone do not save you. It's only Christ. It is only Christ. So what that really means is because of his grace, which is his genuine love that he has for us, we will obey and do whatever it is that he commands of us. It's because he, he loves Doug, because he loves us that we do and obey. Not that we have to come in and try to prove ourselves before others and before Christ that, look, I, I, done, I done got it all together. Because truth be told, you, you will not get it all together. You will not. You know, if, if, if the truth be told, if we had to go by the law, none of us would be in perfect shape right about now. That's what they were doing. They were going by the law trying to get themselves in perfect shape. And that's not true. That's not true. So I don't want you to be deceived into thinking that, you know, uh, if I do this and if I do that, that that's what saves me. Because that's what's going on today. It's going on today. So, saints, if you were to happen to screw up or make a mistake, just because you make a mistake, you're still in right standings with God. You're still in right standings with God. It is his salvation, salvation through Christ and believing in Christ that you're saved. I know a lot of people think, well, I done did this and I done did that. And, you know, I know God don't love me no more. It's not true. That is definitely not true. Paul goes on. Also in... Uh, chapter 5 verse 16 it says this I say walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another I like to say that everybody has a war that's going on in the inside of them a lot of people don't like to reveal what war that they have, but everybody have their own individual battles that they deal with. They do. And, and in order to conquer your battles, I like to say whichever part of your, your whichever part you feed the most is which is going to be more dominant. Uh, if you take a dog and if you take uh, that dog and you don't feed him for about two or three weeks, and then you take another dog and you feed him for about two or three weeks and you place a big old piece of steak out before him, which one you think will uh, dominate that steak? The one that's been fed. Just like, the, just like that, we have to uh, think of that uh, in our own spiritual lives, that if we feed ourselves spiritually, we will be more uh, fulfilled and we'll be more dominant on our spiritual side than we are on our fleshly side. Because a lot of people is going to base your life on what you do and what you don't do. That's what it is. We, we love to categorize people on what they do and what they don't do. But whether they're doing it or they're not doing it doesn't rule out that they're saved or not. They're just, 
what what's happening in that individual person's life is that them they they might just be going through something that they're struggling with right now. And just because they're struggling with a certain thing doesn't deem out that they're not lovable, they're not saved, they're not worthy, they're not good for anything. But sometimes we will put our lips on that very thing that we see and say, well, I, I knew that they were going to do that. And, and I knew that they were struggling. And then we'll get on the phone and we begin to talk about it. And that's the wrong thing to do. Because the uh, most important thing that you should do or we should do is to pray for one another. We should uplift one another. We should be encouraging one another. It says that iron sharpens iron. So you sharpen your brothers or we sharpen each other. But we're living in a time that we love to see people fail. We don't like to see people successful. And, and we continue to put our tongue on one another. This thing that we have in our mouth is a very powerful tool. We can speak life or we can speak death. And most of the time we speak death on one another instead of speaking life. We have to be a lovable people to uplift one another all the time. All the time. So he was saying, this I say, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh, it loves to puff itself up. Paul says, uh, when I try to do right, I end up doing wrong. I end up doing wrong, but I want to do right. I want to do right. It's a, it's a war going on on the inside of me. And I must feed myself spiritually. Come to find out, after 44 years of living, 44 years of living, that we have to walk in the spirit. We have to. It took a long time for me to realize that because my flesh, my own flesh, wants to be dominant. It does. It wants to categorize people on their do's and don'ts. It wants to put people in certain status. I I thought uh, for a long time, you know, here I was, an assistant pastor, and I was doing a lot of things in the church. And I thought my works in the church identify who I was in Christ. So when people would come into the church and they did not want to put forth work in the church, ah, I'm sorry, rascals. They ain't, they, ain't, they ain't fit for nothing. So that's how I began to identify people. And that was wrong to do. Because everybody that comes in the church is trying to find their way. And for some, they, they fit in right away. For others, it, it takes a little while longer. But we can't put them in a, in a certain status just because some do more in the church and some don't. So I began myself to begin to hate. I wouldn't say hate, but I very much strongly disliked those who came in the church and was like, well, I just want to be fed. I just want to sit down and be fed. And, and I was like, man, how long are you going to eat? You know, it it takes you that long. You you full now, you know. And after you get full, you need to be doing something. That that was 
That was my thing. And, and truly we do. But we have to walk with people until they, until they get to that place. We, ha- we have to. Not only in the church, but also in the world. That's the reason why we, we look out and we see people saying, well, I ain't going. I ain't going to church. I ain't going to church. No. We have to meet people where they are. We do, because everybody's on different levels at different times. I might be up one day and might be down the next. You might be up one day and be down the next. And when you up, you need to strengthen me. And when I'm up and you're down, I need to strengthen you. We need to strengthen one another. So, it is written in Galatians, the 19th verse. It says, now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lavishness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulsion, wrath, strife, sedations, heresies, envying, uh, murderers, drunkenness, reviling, and such like of these which I tell you before, as I've also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now we look at all these things, still on categorize. We look at all these things and that's what we see. We very seldom see what people are doing on the spiritual side. We always want to categorize people on the fleshly side. Hmm. You're an adulterer. You ain't no good. Don't even come around me. See, I found out that we don't like sick folks. We don't. I guarantee if I was to come in here with a medical mask on and I sat beside someone, I guarantee we're going to move. We don't, we don't like to associate with sick folks. I don't. I don't want what you got. Don't come around me. We don't want to be inconvenient. See, I'm convenient right now. You know, my life is okay. I don't need extra. I don't need to do this and, and do all that for other folks. That's our mentality. And those are the very people that need help. We are Christ. We are Christ. We have Christ dwelling on the inside of us. And the only only, uh, time some people are going to see Christ if we expose him. If we never expose Christ, some people will never see him in this day and time. It's by the way we love one another. So we identify Murderers, adulterers, enviers, all this. And we very seldom say, man, you show love people. I love the way you love people. I love, I love your meekness. We very seldom say, oh, why? I don't know. Man, you are so gentle to people. Show me, teach me how to do that. Teach me how to be gentle to people because sometimes I'm 
kind of tough and rough. I need to be feathered out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But we want to show people that we have it going on. We got everything lined up. And in, in true essence, we don't. We, we don't. We don't. Nobody does. So the person that is spiritually full could really teach one of us a, a, a few things. But we're very timid about helping one another. That's the reason why it gets down to the book of Galatians, the sixth chapter. Did I go in line with my notes? I probably didn't because I don't never go in line with my notes. That's the reason why I read the scripture at first. It says, brethren. If, brethren. If a man be overtaken in a fall, you who are spiritual, restore. Brothers and sisters, because I know some of the sisters are saying, well, you said brother, he ain't talking about, he ain't talking about me. So I'm going to just add sisters too. If a man be overtaken in the fall, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Why? It is vitally important that we uplift and sharpen one another. It's vitally important. Uh, in the book of Revelation, the, the second chapter, it was a group, it was the church of Ephesus. Let me just read it to you because I'll, I'll mess it up. Let me get there. Let me let me flip the pages of of the the old Bible. I'm gonna get there sooner or later. And to the church, unto the angels of the church of Ephesus, write these things said: He that hold the seven stars in his right hand who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, whoever that may be. Some say different things, but whoever it may be, he is holding the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how you canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are the apostles, and are not. And had found them liars, and had borne and had patience for thy name's sake, had labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, whence you have fallen, and repent. Do the first work, or else I will come unto thee quickly. And will remove thy candlesticks out of this place, except thy repent. Here it is. The church of Ephesus was the same way that some of the churches are today. Or some of the, or, or some, uh, of the people in the church today. Because I can't say that the church as a whole was like this. But the church of Ephesus was full of zeal. They, was, they, would, 
They was trying the apostles who came in and said that they were apostles, found them liars and said, get out. You, you can't not come into this house and teach other things. You're not who you say you are. Get out. It was full of zeal. But here they have left their first love. They have left their first love. And what was the first love? I'll tell you what the first love was. First love was to love God with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, thy strength. And then he says, the second is likened to it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love thy neighbor as thyself. So I guarantee that if we begin to love God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, we won't have time to be identifying or categorizing on the do's and don'ts. We won't. We won't have time. When, when I first began to, to get serious about Christ, I was doing a lot of things in my life. I was pretty much messed up in my life. And uh, I, I said, Lord, I said, I'm, I'm sick and tired. My wife had left. Uh, I was a mess. And I said, Lord, if, if you give me my wife back, I'll do whatever, you, whatever it is that you require of me. I would do it. Now, it was a lot of things I was doing at the time, but I began to pursue Christ. So that was my main focus. I'm going to get to know him. So I began to focus on Christ. I began to study his word. I began to pray daily. I began to just feed on the word of God. And a lot of things began to fall off. And, and over a period of time, I looked back and I was like, man, I can't remember when I stopped doing it. But I know it was done. So now a lot of things that I used to do, I don't do anymore. Why? Because I pursued him. I pursued him. I, I focused in on him and I went after him. And a lot of things began to shed. A lot of bad habits began to fall off. Now, what would it be like if I focused in on Christ and he changed my life that I look at my brother who has been through or going through something similar just like me and think that Christ cannot change him? God is, God is not a respecter of a person. If he did it for one person, do it for all. He don't look at people like, well, you I'm a blessed, you I'm a blessed. He just blesses. He don't look at folks and say, you I'm a save and you I'm a save. He just saves. It's his desire that all men be saved. And if we're going to take on the mind of Christ, if we're going to be Christ-like, Christ-minded, our desire is that all men be saved. In spite of the situations or the situations that they're in now, I've come to understand that people are subject to change. Yes. They might be a mess right now. They might be. But they are subject to change. That's the reason why we must strengthen one another. He also says in Galatians, the second verse, he says, bear one another's burdens. And fulfill this law. Bear one another burdens and fulfill this law. I want to know your weakness. Not that I talk about you. I want to know your weakness so I can bear it with you. I want to know what you're going through so I can go through it with you. 
I want to walk hand in hand with those who say they are Christ and are going through trouble right now. I want to help uplift. I want to love. That's what Jesus did. Jesus, he went through this so-called barren land, this so-called messed up place that we live in called earth. He went through it. He even sat with sinners and got talked about. Not that the sinners really rubbed off on him because they didn't. He rubbed off on them. So he was changing lives. And then those who were educated in the things of Christ, educated in the things of the law, began to look. Look at him. Over there sitting with sinners. He ain't who he said. Because if he was sitting with sinners, he'd know better. But he came for the sinners. That's what he came for. So as we walk out the doors, putting on the mind of Christ, wherever we go, in the market, at schools, if we meet, and I'm not talking just to adults, teenagers, young, oh, you got to remember that Christ was 12 years old when he began this thing. I'm talking about Christ was 12 years old and he went in the synagogue and he actually blew the mind of some of those who were Bible scholars. Never too young, you're never too old to be a help to someone else. I don't want to count anybody out. I don't want to go out today and see somebody in their struggles and say, well, uh, what a shame. What a shame. No. Everybody. And everybody alike, no matter who they are, are savable. But we have to have that love burning on the inside of us. We, I think sometimes we just have to ask God to rekindle that fire that was burning when we first got saved. Rekindle that fire that when we first got saved, you know, when we first got saved, we wanted to just go out and just tell everybody, man, I'm saved. I done got filled with the Holy Ghost. Sanctified. I love Jesus. You know what I'm saying? If, if we was to do that, we would turn the world upside down. We would. That's what the early church was doing in their day. The early church, when the reason why they were so effective in the early church days is because when they got saved, they let it be known. Just think when they were in the upper room. And I, this, I'm totally off script right now. I hope some of you know what happened in the upper room. Because that's what Jesus told them to meet. Jesus told them to meet in the upper room. And he, and they, he told them, he says, and there, I'm going to give you something. But you got to wait for it. You got to wait for it. So they all was gathered together. It says, the scripture says about 120 men and women. And says that the spirit of God came in like a mighty rushing wind and filled every one of them that was in that place. And says that they began to speak with other tongues and they began to, uh, y'all know how y'all do. Y'all saved and sanctified folk. But they was filled with the Holy Ghost. They went out 
It says they immediately went out of the street. People thought they were drunk. Look at them drunk folks. They strained. They strained. Cause they was they were speaking languages that nobody heard, and then they began to hear, and they was like, "Oh, they're speaking my language." And then it says that Peter stood up and says, "These are not drunk. This is what's been prophesied that God was going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, and everybody going to be filled." So what happened was it says on that day, out of 120, 3,000 souls were saved. It's powerful. Yes. Powerful. Because as they went, and it says after that, they just one by one. You know, a lot of times we look at preachers, we look at pastors and things that uh, I, can't, I can't do that, what they do. I can't get up before people and do that. But don't you know that um, each saved person in this room, if each saved person in this room was to go out and be a, be a disciple to someone else. You would touch more people than all the pastors that have churches today. If every person in this room, every person in that next church over to us, if they was to go out and just share the love of Jesus to someone else, they will affect more of the world than all the pastors that have churches today. So we have a great responsibility to love. We do. We have a a great responsibility to love one another. And then if we was to do that, people won't so much say, man, I ain't coming. I ain't coming. Oh, they want to come. Because people want to experience love whether you know it or not. They they really do. They They want to know Christ. I wanted to know Christ, but I wanted to do what I wanted to do. You hear what I'm saying? So since nobody was introducing Christ to me, I just continued to do what I wanted to do. But I wanted to know it. I did. And people today want to know Those people that, that sometimes other people count out, they really want Christ. We have them. We have them. The word of God says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have nothing to be afraid of. Definitely have nothing to be ashamed of. This gospel that we have, it is vitally important. It is vitally important because I I believe that we're living in a day and time where they're trying to make the word of God of none void. They're trying to make Jesus unreal. They are. They're saying that the God that you serve, he ain't real. And more and more people are going astray because they're believing what is being taught. But Jesus, no matter what people say over 2,000 years ago, oh, he died for you. And one day people are going to be without an excuse. People are really going to be without an excuse, and and they might say in they in their mind, well, and stand before God and say, well, Lord, you know, it was a lot of things that were going on in my time, and and you know, people were teaching this, and te- people were teaching that, and He's just going to say, what did you do with the gift that I give you? What is the gift, Jesus? What did you do? Did you hold it? Did you hold on to Him for yourself? Did you bury it? Did you bury Jesus? Did you sit on Jesus? Or did you give it to other folks? 
Nobody would be without an excuse. But we have a great responsibility. And our responsibility is to love. No greater love than this, that you lay down your life for a friend. Jesus did that. He laid, he called us friends. He laid down his life for us. And if we're going to share the love of God to others that are deemed unlovable, we got to lay down our life. What is laying down my life? Whatever thing it is that I'm doing that is so convenient, I got to lay it down. Sometimes it just can't be about me. It just can't. You know, I, I, I don't bought a, a new house. I, I got two cars. Um, I ain't going to say I got plenty of money. But, but is that all? Is that, is that all we're here for? To, to, to be satisfied? Is, is that it? It's not. It's not. I guarantee, um, sometimes I, I say, uh, I don't think that, you know, what I'm doing is enough. I don't think what I'm doing is enough. You know, and the reason why is because something else that I need to be doing, I'm not doing. And if I begin to do that, what I don't do, I'll begin to be satisfied. I say, well, I know my mission in life is disciple other people. And if I never disciple anybody, I won't be fulfilled. I won't. I'll just have that ideal and that concept in my mind and know what to do good and don't do it. Shame on me. Shame on me. So whatever it is that Christ is is telling you to do, just do it. Just just be obedient. I, I feel like we're living... In the end times anyway. And I know y'all probably, oh, he's getting spooky. I don't want to get spooky on you. But just, if you just take a good look around. And and just, sometimes I can go out and I can feel evil in the atmosphere. I can just feel the presence of evil all around. And I'm like, man, what is this? Why? Why is it like that? I think the reason why we feel evil sometimes all around because we have gotten complacent. We have. We have gotten complacent to the point that if if we continue to allow, evil will become dominant. But if we begin to be bold and stand up and do the things of Christ, we wouldn't feel that way anymore. We wouldn't. We wouldn't feel the very presence of evil. And not to say that we just drive out evil, but we move it with love. We move evil with love. Yeah. We don't fight fire with fire. We fight fire or we fight evil with good. And the goodest thing, uh, I said goodest. (laughs) Look at me talking country. But the best thing that you can do is love. That's all.